A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Hey everyone, I'm Alexis Barber and welcome back to Too Smart For This, a show dedicated to doing better for ourselves and others by questioning everything and getting inspired with the beautiful people around us. Today we have Alexa, also known as Flexi Lexi, on to chat confidence, working her corporate job, dating horror stories, and the highs and lows of being a black woman. She recently quit her job and signed with a modeling agency in LA after growing on TikTok and has all the tea on living in LA. And if you love this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe. Find both of us on socials in the episode notes and let's get into it. Hey, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you. And as you, we were just fangirling, obviously. So we love each yeah, other because we love each other so much. <laughs> it's a moment. So obviously, could you do a little intro of who you are and how you got started on TikTok? Absolutely. Okay, so my name is Alexa J McCoy. I am going through a rebranding to be Alexa J recently. That's my I'm named after my uncle, who's like my best friend in the whole world. Um, I grew up in Palos Verdes, California. It's a small little white beach town in Southern California. Um, And I lived a great life. I have my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. I'm the oldest. I'm a Virgo in a house full of cancers. So it's been a crazy emotional life for sure. (laughs) Um, And then I left for college in 2016 and I went to Washington State University and I got a degree in business and psychology there and then got a full-time job offer during the pandemic. Very lucky about that. Um, And I was located in Southern California again in Los Angeles. So I moved back here and I worked for a wine and spirits company. Um, and it was an amazing but interesting experience. <laughs> Definitely grit building, I will say that. Um, and you know, we were still in the pandemic when I moved back here. It was last August, so almost a year. And I remember me and my roommate saw I live in a house right now with my four best friends, which is just a dream. And uh, my roommate was sending videos of those like poor strips. I don't know if you know yeah. the ones that like the hydro whatever that suck up all your whatever. Yeah, it was like surprise. Just got home with the pore strips. I was like, yes, like this is amazing. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make a TikTok about it. So I start filming us, and I make the video, and literally like we're drinking during it. Like at the end of the video, we're drunk, and it's like us taking the pore strips off, and it just we put it on it in like the afternoon. And we just, it's like the stupidest video ever. I wake up the next day, 2 million views. I'm like, stop kidding me. Like, seriously, I did not want this, a video of my crusty pores. Not my nose. No, like literally no. Why not anything else I've ever done? But that started and um, I think people thought I was funny in it because I was drunk. (laughs) And (laughs) um, so it started getting followers after that. And then... 
I think the algorithm was really just in my favor. And the next week I got my hair done and I did like, I love transition TikTok. So I did like- a- I know you're the queen of them. You're, you, you do them so well. I think it's so fun. So I did one of me getting blonde braids and um, I've like gotten blonde braids like two times before that. And I finally perfected like that Beyonce JLo color. That's mm, iconic. Yes, it was. It's like the best thing I've ever discovered. And I think a lot of women have been looking for that color combination as well. Well, I certainly have. Yes. (laughs) Because then that video blew up too. And so then I think people started seeing, like, oh my gosh, this girl has good, like, beauty tips or something. Like, I don't even know. So Mm. then from there, I just started posting more and more. And then the one that really sent me was the Becca Under Eye video. So that was, I posted. Like from for Christmas, I think I got the Becca under eye corrector and I posted a video like, oh, my God, you guys are about to leave. But look at my under eyes like it looks so good. And after that, that was the first time a company reached out to me to work together. Uh, and it, it was just sending me something like a very small brand. And it was just like the oh, my God, I remember my friends and I took a video. They took a video of me like Flex's first PR. That's also my oh. nickname is Flex with my best friends. <laughs> it works it works so well it works that's been mine since college but like they took a video and it's like now I'm so blessed that I I have like two packages a day and it's like what the hell is going on I don't know I I don't know I have no idea I know it's so crazy like yesterday I posted an unboxing because I realized that I had just unboxed like a bunch of shit that was from like my absolute favorite brands like we're fully on like the dream board whatever I didn't even like you sort of fell into it too. It's like, I didn't really like think this, but then I was like, wow, it's just like a dream to be able to like, who are these people? I'm like, I feel like I'm not big enough, you know, but I still feel like so good that like it's working out, you know? It's like fake it till you make it and don't ask any questions. I'm not going to ask, you want to send me stuff? Okay. Okay. I'm not going to say anything at all. Okay. So I need to know more about you because you're a boss and I relate to you so much of being a corporate girl that's doing the rest. So tell me how you got into Google and everything in between. Jesus Christ, it's a disaster. So I went to Northwestern. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis and I stayed in the Midwest. And I was in this, I had no clue that there was a corporate world. I had never heard of it. Not a single idea. I thought you could be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. That's it. I didn't know about it. And I get there and I was clearly like Donald Trump got elected. Were you a freshman in 2016? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we like, I was like, oh, so like, there's nothing good in the world. So, um, they ended up Trump uh, wall on my campus. Oh my God. No. I was a freshman, like, what the hell is going on? I thought we didn't talk about him. Like, I know. What are you talking about him right now? I do not like this. It was humiliating. Um, and then I joined this. I was like, okay, I guess if I can't save the world, I may as well make money. So I was in this business um, cohort for black and brown people who want to go into business. And I met someone who worked at Google there. And then I applied and did the internship in 2019, which was a dream in New York. And then came back full time in the pandemic, which. <sighs> A journey has it been. But now I'm transitioning out of the marketing side of things to be the global shorts content strategist, which is like, so I'm about to get you on shorts, let me tell you that. Um, to help, so it's creator facing. So I'll be focused on like helping creators grow and driving the strategy so that they can be a better, you know, product. 
congratulations like how inspiring to hear that I think that's just amazing like there's not a lot of black women in the creator space I would say that are talking about business talking about money talking about all these different things and I think you're doing such an amazing service to people because you know I honestly think part of the reason that there is pay gaps and there is all of these things is because women are conditioned to not speak about it because it's taboo and it's all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like two women working the same exact position, doing the same thing or making completely different wages, but we're not talking about it. So we don't know. Meanwhile, men are like, I'm making this much and I got this exactly. in my house and this is going on here. I just think that it's insane. Yeah. I yeah. think that you are doing amazing things and I love watching all of your day in your lives and your transparency videos. I think they're so cool. Thank you. It means a lot because, you know, I, I do get, you know, discouraged sometimes because people are evil on TikTok. Oh. Like people and I know you I know you know that. Yeah. People found my dad's Instagram and started <gasps> him. Oh, I was like, really, guys? We're taking it really bad. You guys are some fucking snitches. Like that's so annoying. <laughs> you guys- no, not your dad. Oh. I can't I can't. I was I like, he knows I get free shots. insane so you've been creating content for a while now like what's your what's your goal with all of it I guess um people okay my goal goal that's a good question that's a good question okay I would say that you know it's honestly wild because I have loved, I mean, it started with YouTube. I would watch YouTube videos forever in middle school. I'm not kidding. I would come home every single day and I would take off my nail polish and redo my nails with a different nail art. Like I was obsessed. I loved that stuff. I would sit down in my pink fluffy chair and I would take my dad's MacBook that he had and I would film nail tutorials and I would edit them. I would have my friends over for play dates and I would make videos with them. I didn't post anything. You are, you know, <laughs> I was not about to post a damn thing, but I just loved the process of it and being able to speak to an audience like that, you know, was myself. And like, I just loved it so much. So it's such a full circle moment now being able to be in this space and do it. Um, and so honestly, I think the part for me that's the most rewarding is when I have women reach out to me on Instagram or on TikTok saying, you know, this helped me so much or, you know, this video, you make me feel more confident. You make me want to wear dresses again. You make me want to do this. And I've just realized like when I was growing up, I didn't, everyone I was watching on YouTube or doing anything like that, they didn't look like me. They didn't act like me. They didn't have the same background as me or anything like that. And you know, they weren't very honest. Like, I feel like now all the influencers that I'm meeting, like we all have side hustles, like we're doing whatever. And then we have our corporate job or our nanny job or something like that on the side. And I think my goal right now is to just, and in the future is to just stay as grounded as real and real as I possibly can and keep my focus on genuinely helping people and being honest. And like, you know, I think my most successful videos are like when I have a breakthrough in my head and then I'm like, okay, you know, instead of texting this to my best friend, I'm going to go put it on TikTok. Like this is what I just discovered about, you know, why I'm starting to feel this way or, you know, like I posted a video that was like I started focusing on myself and believing in myself and I finally started being happy and I finally started seeing success and like you guys should too and whatever And I think it's just stuff that people need to hear and that we're all thinking and not saying. 
And so that's been my main strategy is like the videos that are, yeah, I like to post a thirst trap here and there on TikTok or whatever. We love a thirst yeah, trap. Yeah, we all yes. to do it. But the ones that are the most successful are the ones that are helping others. And so I think that that's always been my strategy is like, I know that this video would benefit someone. So I'm going to post it even if it only gets a thousand views and three likes, like I know it affected those three people. So let's post it. Exactly. And I think that that is the difference between like our generation and then the generation like we grew up watching on YouTube, which I love. Like I love all my influencers. Like you and I both are obsessed with Mariana Hewitt, like that bitch like iconic like she is living that life and like don't get me wrong she's an icon but she doesn't talk about her personal life which I very much respect Mm -hmm. but I think that the difference is like our generation will come up and be like hey like this is what I'm dealing with and it's especially important because I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like I was lied to about like what adulthood would be like. Um, And everyone was like, once you graduate and you have like the dream job, like everything's going to be fine. Like this last year was crazy. Like I got to take care of myself and like you have to love yourself and it's you have all the power. Like that's really hard to navigate. And I think you being honest about it really helps people do that. You know, you said it to a T like I wake up and I'm like, you guys want me to do this forever? You want me to work a job forever and do this? Like, what? Because I think that the cool thing about our generation and the thing that it's like the most disparity between the older one is that we're like, okay, it doesn't have to be miserable. Like, we don't have to do it like this. Like, you know, I I, uh, was telling my dad about how much I hated my wine job and he was like well you know what like that's that's how it is that's whatever da, da, da. and I'm like yeah it is how it is or it's not like or I can yeah. get a job and never do this again and do something that actually benefits the world and does this like why would I stay in an industry that literally I'm like feeding people's addictions I'm not doing anything good like at all you know so I was like this is just not me it's not what I want to do. I don't feel like I'm helping anyone. That's all. like, I wanted to be a therapist before this. I wanted to do all these different things. And I'm like, how did I end up doing something just for the money, just for the check that's so not me. And then I feel like really this TikTok stuff was like the universe saving grace to me to be like, go back to your roots. Like you're not going to be a therapist, but you're going to be helpful in a different way. And so I don't know. I'm just so happy that this has all happened. I haven't even told my family this yet, but I quit my wine job. So we, yeah, that's incredible. A corporate woman, but hopefully I will be very soon again. Yes, (laughs) we we praying, we praying over here. We really are. But yeah, my family doesn't know yet, just because I know that you know, they just want me to be financial. I'm financially independent and they want me to stay that way. Stay that way. Yeah, they <laughs> they said, that. you better get out of the house. Yeah, exactly. And you're, my dad said, you are not coming back. Let me make it clear. <laughs> I said, okay. Right <laughs> of the pandemic though. <laughs> right. Like, can I go for like a month or something? He's like, you got your vaccine. You're good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, King. I appreciate it. But, um, yeah, I haven't told them yet, but after I got it, it was at the point with with my job, it was like a day or two a week that I was blowing off work to do influencer things, to go to an event, to do a shoot, to do something like that. And the anxiety I was feeling every single day, because you know, you can't be blowing off your job that you're getting paid for. Um, 
it was just too much. And I just honestly was so overwhelmed. It was like crippling. Like I just, I couldn't get to all my emails. I couldn't get to my comments and I couldn't do my sales stuff and all of this stuff. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to believe in myself for once. And I know that I can have success in this other field. And like, I have interviews that I've been doing with Summer Fridays and then as well with some other companies. And I was like, I'm just going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to fully dive into this and give my, I have enough money saved to like support myself for a while. So I'm like, I'm going to give myself the opportunity to really do this. And, you know, if it doesn't go well, then we get a new job and it's going to be okay. And it's going to be okay. That's the best part about it is like the taking a leap and giving yourself the space to believe in yourself is just like an unmatched feeling. And I'm just so proud of you that you got there and like, you're not going to do something that doesn't bring you joy anymore. You know, thank you so much for saying that because I honestly like all the people in my life that were telling me, quit your job, do this, like you can do this, we believe in you. It's my friends, my best friends, you know, mm-hmm. and like I love them to death and they're right, but you know, mama knows best, dad knows best. And so mm-hmm. they're telling me to do one thing and I'm like, okay, you are right. Like it would be stupid to quit a well paying job to pursue something that could end tomorrow, but. Life short. Why not? Let's do it. It's easy. You can fail in your 20s and be fine. You know, like that's the cool thing. I agree. Like you can be fine. My boyfriend's always telling me this and I hope it doesn't happen. He's always like, I'm trying to go broke by 25 because that means I'll have lived. I'm like, let's keep your money in your bank account. But all right. Um, He kills me with that one. But meanwhile, he's stingy as fuck and won't get Chipotle. But yeah, that's what he's always saying. So you could do it easily, and I believe in you. Grew up in, you said, a white beach town. Let's talk about it. Were you, like, the only black girl? Oh, you already know. So I was – I mean, there were other black families there for sure. This is, like – people ask me this sometimes, and it's really hard for me to put it into words without sounding mean, but I'm just going to say it how it is. There were black families and black kids at my school. Like I would say each grade had like 400 or 500 kids. Like we had, I had a pretty big high school, but in the like cool group or like the people that were involved or like the relevant group of people, I hate the word relevant, but that's like the best way I can say it. People involved in like sports or ASB, whatever it was, I was the only black girl in my grade for sure. Um, there was one girl in the grade below me and me and her were besties, but we played volleyball together. And then there was like three, three or four black guys, I would say. Yeah. But absolutely the only black woman, definitely the token black girl in every situation. Yeah. I've seen it all for sure. It's crazy. It's crazy. So did you like, is part of the like self-love journey you're going on right now related to that in some way? Oh my gosh. I would say majority is that I have been through, you know, and, and and this is honestly the first year that I've been able to talk about it, I would say, because I think Same. I had so much like internal shame about it because to be very frank, my whole life I was running from being black. Like I just felt I have really bad anxiety and, you know, I was already self-conscious. Like I just, you know, as every girl is. And then the added self-consciousness of being black in an all-white town, you know, I don't have the same body as anybody. I don't have the same hair as anybody, the same style, um, the same beliefs, like all these different things, the same experiences. And so, 
you know, I'm walking into every single situation thinking what's going to go wrong, what who's going to offend me today, who's going to say something. And back then I wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Back then it was, you know, I got to make peace and I got to, you know, this is my life. I got to sit through this whatever situation of someone saying something racist or doing something like that. And, you know, instead of being like, oh, my God, literally fuck all these racist people, it was, you know, fuck me for being black. Like, this sucks. Why is it like this? It's awful. I would avoid going in public with my family because, you know, people would look at us. Like, I didn't really hang out with any black kids because, you know, not like there were any in the first place. But um, I don't know. I just felt like people were going to look at me as ghetto or too black and all these things because, God forbid, I'd be any of that. And, um, you know, that was a whole other thing I had to work through is like forgiving myself for feeling that way growing up because, you know, now I think back and I'm like so ashamed of that. Like I cannot believe that those thoughts were even in my head or like that was something that I would ever like be mad at myself or my family for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, but I realized that's what I was conditioned to feel like that was fight or flight for me. You know, what it else was a survival like- mechanism? Exactly. Absolutely. And I think growing up and realizing like there's so much now that I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe people would do that to me. Like I cannot believe the things that I would experience. And I'm like, you know, it's a blessing that I came out like I did, you know, like I can't even believe. So, you know, I'm I'm now in a spot where I can forgive myself and be like, you know what, you have your whole life left to embrace being a black woman and to celebrate that. And it doesn't mean I'm any less entitled to it now or anything like that. And so it's been really fun kind of getting to step into that space. And like, this is the first time in my life I've been around black women and I'm able to have black girlfriends and all of these things. And it's, it's amazing. Oh my God. I'm going to cry. It's just so, I feel the same way. I mean, and I felt the same way that you feel about your like high school experience and college, and I'm I'm sure I don't know if you like in college. I was also in like a white sorority, and then oh just- yeah, the white sororities. What were you? Kappa, Kappa, Kappa Gamma. Oh, I was a KD girl. Oh girl, see, I, I always have to clarify because you guys are the other ones. Yeah, yes. Yeah, there we go. Uh-huh. Crazy times. So, but we came of age in such a weird time where like those are the last years where like. We were really fighting like to fit in. And then last summer we had not only the pandemic where you start doing a lot more self-reflection, but we also had the like racial reckoning that was just sort of like a time where we were like, oh, all y'all who called me the N-word, fuck you and you're a horrible person. And it's like, but like in the moment we were just letting it happen or letting stuff like that slide because we were just trying to fit in, you know? And like that itself was just, it's just a crazy time that like we are having that as our like first introduction to adulthood. I can't even believe what we've lived through. I know. Like, and it hasn't even just been like the past year of, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's been since honestly like 2015. Yeah, I would say. Is that when that's when the coin? Yeah, I'm life- from exactly. I'm from Ferguson. So like where Mike Brown was shot like two miles from my house. And so Are that's me. Yeah, that's where I realized like I was like, damn, like this is crazy. Like, yes, that's like wild. I, can't that. I can't even imagine what that was like. It was crazy because at the same time I went to boarding school right outside of St. Louis and mm-hmm. the boarding school was like you guys had never celebrated Black History Month. Like basic thing not it was a horrible horribly racist school and like Mm. they were like 
not even acknowledging it. Yeah, it's been since then that I, I've just been fighting to be heard in conversations, you know, and then people are like, you're the angry black girl. So then you have to like have that whole other layer of just like shutting yourself up. I'm so glad that you said that because I think that's a whole other layer. Like people just don't understand. Okay. Why people just don't understand <laughs> like with every single word and sentence, anything we do, we have to think 10 steps ahead. How do I come across not angry, not aggressive, but assertive and intelligent and all of these things and make it so people don't talk over me and they're taking me seriously, but I'm not attacking them, but I'm also this. And it's like, I people don't understand how smart black women have to be all the time. And it's that's insane. Why, exactly. And that's why I trust the black woman other than like fucking Candace Owens, like over anybody, because it's like, I know how much you had to do to just figure out like how to be in this room, you know, Mm -hmm. it's out of the most amazing part about stepping into this space as well is like, I don't know if you've had the same experience and this also could be an LA thing. I don't really know, but like when I'm in a room with like, let me give an example. A couple weeks ago, I was at this like event party thing and a couple of the girls from all american were there um and love them mm-hmm. gorgeous women and i was like you know what i have to go up to them and i have to say something like i have to just be like i'm so proud of you congratulations on your success that's amazing and i you know i've been put in a few situations where i'm with like very successful black women and they are all so receptive to me going up to them and being like i'm so proud of you congratulations because we are the only people that understand how fucking hard it was to get there. Exactly. Like, like yeah. we don't like, and that's why if I see you or Jazzy or someone on TikTok like doing well, I also know that like a white girl could have done exactly what we've done for the past like year and have like ten million followers, and then like at the same time, like we we're just we're working ten times as hard, you know, and it's like. I feel so grateful to like have found people on like social media who understand that, but it's just so frustrating sometimes too. Totally. And that's something that has been like, I've never been someone to really care about likes or followers or anything like that. But obviously now stepping into this space, you have to, because that's how you continue to make money and get jobs and stuff. And so one thing that's been hard for me is I get like, I think my total likes is like in the three millions or something, but I have around like 40 something thousand followers. Mm -hmm. And so I, my likes are there, but I don't retain followers. And I think it's because in the moment people are seeing my things and liking them. I think they're funny or they think they're helpful, but you know, like majority consumers are white and all of these things. And so I am not relatable to them and Mm -hmm. they don't, need to follow me or need anything like that or I'm not you know a skinny beautiful white girl like the boys don't want to follow me either all these things like it's just been so hard not hard to retain fault my my retention's great but to get that initial following has been way harder than it would be for a girl that should go gets in a bikini and Mm -hmm. posts a video because my bikini videos get taken down so no (laughs) if you're dark and have like above a a cup period it's over for you Done. it's over Done. for you I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I need to my boyfriend keeps telling me like you need to do more thirst straps on and I was like it's not gonna work <laughs> like they're gonna take him down I'm like I looked at my analytics it's 99.9% women and the yeah. 1.1% is misogynistic men exactly. so I'm good 
exactly after that i'm good yeah i mean it's crazy because it feels just like if is this level of success going to be possible but at the same time like and and that sometimes makes me want to quit and then i'm like wait the reason that i'm here is because there aren't more people like me so i have to just keep going you know that's exactly how i feel like i feel like no matter what hate i get or what's going on like I know that I'm helping people and like, it's been hard because, you know, I've, I went through a lot with like my body and self image and self love, like as all women have to do, but you know, it was a really rough year going before going into the pandemic for me. And so stepping into a space where my whole job is about my body and my look and all this stuff, like, you know, I was really nervous because I was like, I don't want to get back into this place of like literally hating myself and being miserable. And like, you know, the number one insult I get is, oh, you're fat or you're this or you're that. And, you know, it's all for men. It's all whatever. And it's like, I just know that, you know, if that's the biggest insult you can send to me that you think I'm fat or whatever, like you cannot insult my career, my intelligence, like you can't insult my personality, you can't do anything like that. And if you have to insult something so superficial and beneath mm-hmm. me that go for it. I don't care. Yeah, especially it's like um I think that people so someone said this to me. I was like having a meltdown because there's this woman who has been like bullying me forever and has like all these bots and was like messaging what? Me. Yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, if my story is like I got a bunch of followers on Instagram because this like I basically was starving myself on this diet, this famous diet, and then realized they were like scamming people, called out the founder and she blasted me to her 100,000 followers, like saying that I was like stupid basically to everyone. And then they were like, actually, she went to Northwestern and she works for Google, so she might have a brain. Um, And so that's how my like Instagram got started. This was like by the way, on my first day at Google, so it was pretty traumatic. Um, but she Are has you kidding me. Yeah. And so she has she's like 50, but she has this one like burner account. I don't know if it's her burner account, but it's an account that like is obsessed with her that kept messaging me being after I posted about like anything, basically. She's like messaging me saying I was like so ignorant and stupid and made it and made it look like being like basically saying I was racist towards white people. And I was like, Oh, you got me fucked up. You got I mean, me fucked up. And so on Wednesday, it was really getting to me while I was out with my friends. And one of them said to me, he was like, if someone's trying to bring you down, they are already beneath you. And I was like, period. Period. So like, why would I like look that way? You need to make a TikTok on that because that's great. Crazy that's shit. really good. I was like, damn, you right, because I was really sick for a while. I was going to cry at dinner because this random, crazy 45-year-old white woman was bullying me in my DMs. Like, who can, what 45-year-old white woman should not be, like, you know, dragging people on the internet, you know? So it's craziness. But that quote really helps me with, like, dealing with the hate on TikTok. I'm not afraid to fight, so you let me know what I need to do because this is not about to fly. What the fuck? I can't even with people, like... You know, I think that when people are extremely defensive or when someone's like gets aggressive like that, it's because they it's it hurts for a reason because it's Mm. right. You're scared for a reason because you're right. And so, you know, if that's what you need to be able to sleep well at night, you need to know that you did an amazing service. And by speaking up, you probably, you know, like for me, what kickstarted my eating disorder was, you know, fad diets, like starting with Mm -hmm. diets and it just 
progressively got worse and worse and worse. And if that woman is setting other females up for that failure, like, thank God you said something, you know, like, thank God. Yeah, let's not promote it like it's normal or healthy. Like, exactly. You can do what you want to do, but that's not what anybody's telling you to do. 1200. That's exactly. supposed to be, right? Maybe at least. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's really out of control. And like, I just feel so bad for like the people who. And I think as a black woman, I felt like all of my, none of my accomplishments would matter unless I was really skinny. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. I feel that so hard. It's not even funny. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if it's because of Queen Latifah or like fucking what's that guy's name that makes all the movies where he dresses up as Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry. Like, I don't know why. Like, there's just something about being a fat black woman or a thick black woman or all these things that people just like fucking obsess over. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's more if you want to talk. Like, there's a little bit more. Yeah. Do you feel like growing up? Um, I don't know. I I talked to someone recently about this and it was like a very strange experience. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to explain it, but I feel like my whole life I was hypersexualized, but not claimed or acted on it. Yes, because it was like, you are so beautiful. You're so sexy, all this shit. But like, I was undateable. Yeah, no, that was not happening. Like, People love to say, oh, my God, your lips are so big. You have DSL lips. Like, oh, my God, like, you're going to do this, your boobs, your ass, da, 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 da. But no, I'm not, I would never date a black girl. Like, oh, my God, no, that, exactly. that's too much drama. That's too much sass, da, 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 da. My parents would hate that, all this shit. I'm like, okay. But then I graduated, I graduated went to college, mm-hmm. and now, now who's in my DMs? Exactly. All the white boys that didn't want me in high school. I'm like, okay, exactly. we're not doing this. No. Mm-mm. No. It's crazy. I mean, so it's hard. It's hard. I ended up dating some – now my boyfriend is mixed um, and, like, also from Africa, so very different, like, background, of course. But, like, it's been wonderful and I appreciate that. But, like, I still think about all of those times. Like, I just – I had my first boyfriend. I just dated because he was, like, the only person who ever told me I was pretty. Like, he did not treat me well at all. But, like, that's what I did, you know? Oh, girl. If we want to get into that, first boyfriend was my freshman year of college. Okay. So like I said, nobody wanted me in high school. Like I had like a couple guys I like made out with, but I wasn't going on dates. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything. Um, same. I met this guy. He lived on the same floor as, as the same girls in my sorority, like in his dorm or whatever. And he was literally like the first guy that ever – wanted to hang out with me and made it known to like my friends that he liked me and all of these different things. And, you know, he loved that I was black. He loved it so much. And like, I had never really experienced that, you know, but no one told me what fetishizing was. No one told me that this man, like, I'm not kidding. This is a whole other story. Like we could do a whole episode on this. Like he ended up like the best way I can describe it is um, halfway through the relationship, not halfway, the end of the relationship, I found out that he was a diagnosed pathological liar, kleptomaniac. He was living a secret life. Everything he had ever bought me, he had stolen. Um, he was cheating on me with prostitutes. I had no idea. Getting like one day when I'm rich and famous, like I will be able to write a book about this. This was the worst like year and a half of my life. Like, I'm not kidding. It was like 
like something out of a movie where you were find out you were dating a different person. Like he genuinely had a whole other life that he was like addicted to drugs. I had no idea that he was I the whole time we were dating. Um, he would like, it would literally be like, I would sleep there every single night and do things. But like my one hour class, he would like fuck a girl on the dorm floor. Like I stop it right now. No. Where? no. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, I had no clue. He would tell me like, People, his grandma had cancer. The one running story the whole time we were dating was that his grandma had cancer. And so he would have to fly home to go see his grandma, you know, and like check in. Uh Things would be getting bad again, or she had like a treatment or something like that. This grandma does not exist. This grandma does not exist at all. He would be going to Gonzaga, which was the the college. I know. Yeah, an hour away from me. And he would be fucking his ex girlfriend. And I had no idea. I had no clue. Bitch, what the fuck? This is traumatizing. Are you good? And he, oh, I was in therapy for, I'm still in therapy, like for a long time (laughs) after that. It's just like something, another thing that black women have to go through is like weeding out the men that are there to fetishize us or just want to experience a black woman. You just want to experience, Mm -hmm. you want to be able to say, yeah, I fucked a black girl, whatever. And it's like, Mm No, like you don't get to, I'm not your experiment. I'm a human being. I'm a real person. And that's, this isn't fair to me, you know? And so after that, I think I'm very good at seeing the red flags. Like I don't even give some boys the time of day because I can see through this shit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, that was a scarring experience. And it set back my confidence that I had gained in that relationship of, no, I am hot. I am sexy. I am all of these things. It was like, no, I'm not like this guy. Cause it was this crazy guy. Exactly. And so, you know, ever since then I promised myself, you know, my confidence will never come from a man ever, 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 ever again. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to feel beautiful, it's because I know that I am beautiful, not because someone else is telling me. Um, and yeah, like a lot to work through in therapy of like, you know, refining that That's word. So sad. Yeah. And you know, I'm so sorry you went through that. Like, you. no, I wow. appreciate it. And, you know, it's sad because, you know, he doesn't know what the effect, the long lasting effects he had on my life and all of these things and, you know, how traumatizing and devastating that was. But and he doesn't give a shit, you know, he's a psychopath. He's crazy. crazy. Yeah. He's a crazy person. So it is what it is, but I'm better now. So then. That's good. So how has it been to date in LA then since then? Oh, God. <laughs> this shit is crazy out here. It's like the wild, wild west. I'm not even kidding. I mean, it's complete. I feel like it's completely different from New York because it's just all the like in the entertainment industry, you know? Totally. I would say genuinely the biggest, not shock because like, you know, honestly, I should have seen this coming, but the term clout chasing and clout chasers is so real is so real it's not even funny like I cannot with some of the people that I meet out here I'm like I just some of the conversations I am in and these things like people genuinely do things just for likes and views and all these things not to be a good person not to do whatever like it's just so strange and like you know I can tell like within the first conversation I have with someone just with the amount of names they drop I'm like okay Oh my god! I fucking hate a name dropping ass bitch. Like I was in, and my sorority was like quote top house, and was Meghan Markle sorority. Mm. Like everyone who was in it was from New York or LA. I'm from the Midwest. Like I don't know none of these bitches, but I was recruitment chair by the end of it, and 
yeah, humiliating. But I um could tell these bitches were so annoying, like when they would get there and start like name dropping or whatever. And I was like, oh, so like next yeah. like that's the most insecure thing you can do and i guess that's just like everyone is that like everyone in la or do you feel like there's good people too there's definitely good people here definitely there are i would say honestly some of the best people are from here that would be my mm. thing like a lot of the people that moved here and are pursuing something i think they feel like they need to keep up with images or like they need to play catch up with the people that have been here their whole lives or something like that. You know, I, I won't put that full label on them because there are amazing people I've met from all over the place as well. But um, it's been an experience. That's for sure. Like definitely. And you know, there's also people you meet that, you know, like I've met a lot of women that, you know, I'm only going to date athletes. I'm only going to date people that are models or in the entertainment industry or with this wow. followers or with that. And, you know, there's even things where, like, you can only go to if you have a certain amount of followers or, like, things like that. And I just think, you know, I just think that's so silly and so ignorant. Like, you know, as in this world, what we've learned in the past year is, like, things happen overnight. The world changes overnight. Someone can literally get famous overnight. Like, do not disrespect anyone and do not treat anyone differently because, they have a different profession, a different amount of followers or anything like that because you do not know who the fuck you're talking to. And guess what? This is also the tech mecca. So when you see someone looking bummy on the street, they might have tenfold what you're making. So don't disrespect people. Just be nice. Just be a good person. Exactly. I think that's the best piece of advice ever because I just feel like it's so important when people are like, have to have a good character and not base your worth on like those external factors of whether it's money or like for me it was like oh once I work at Google like people will respect me no like I'm still like a dumb black girl to people so it doesn't matter like and so those types of things like don't put your worth in it but also don't put other people's like just look for ooh just look for your own friends you know literally I'm like if I feel like if everybody on the planet was just like looking for genuine human connection and just trying to genuinely be happy rather than like you know oh my god if I go to dinner with this person I'm gonna further my career and I'm gonna net like I fully I'm a networking ass bitch like network your fucking life away but my networking technique is making friends like just make friends <laughs> and then people will want to help you like absolutely exactly. I do not understand people that have ill intentions like and, and I just think it's very clear to see who does it really really is um, mm. and I don't know. I just think that's interesting. And I think also a lot of the truly successful people that I have met have careers. Like one of my really good friends that I've made since I've moved here, her name is Nezrinj. Her Instagram handle is black print. So she's a photographer mm. and, you know, since college, she has done amazing like tours with people and, you know, she's worked with like GEZ, like all these different amazing people and shot them. And so she had a career moving here. And that's how she knows all these A-list celebrities is because she has something to offer. She's not there to use them. Like this is her space. Right. How She gets to, this is her livelihood. She, like she's built her respect and all of these things. And I think that's so amazing. Like she's such an inspiration to me. And, you know, then there's people that are, you know, like, I don't know. There's just people that don't want to work for anything. It's the, it's that. They just want it to happen and like be there overnight. One thing that and I think off is buying it, followers. Have you seen that is such a big thing here? It's not even funny. 
do they really do it? Do they really? Because like that's my thing. Is I always know there's those like follower those things where you can tell and that to me is what like I would never do it because you could find out it's so easy to tell I'm not kidding like it's embarrassing like I meet someone and I'm like and like we'll become friends and then it's like oh like let's get each other's information let's follow each other whatever I see they have 50,000 followers I'm like oh good for her damn that's awesome Mm -hmm. and then she posts a picture and it gets 200 likes and I'm like and that's the thing is at that point I don't want to be friends with you because also like once someone starts growing, at least someone in your circle will probably know like because they'll follow them too. So it's like you can't just buy the followers because that doesn't mean you aren't having the cultural imprint. Literally. I think I think it honestly goes down to entitlement as well. It's like people kind of are like, you know, I'm going to get the followers anyway, so I might as well just get a jump start. You know, if I just need that first step, it's like, I'm not fucking doing that. Guess what? If you worked and you fucking put in the effort to connect with people and be relatable, not even be relatable, but just be yourself. And if that's really your goal on the internet is to grow your following, like figure out what you can offer and the followers will come. Like I just don't understand. But at the same time, I do think it's like people who are like, like Addison Ray or whatever. So like, obviously in my job, I work for, I like we have they have relationships with all the big agencies and all the big creators and people are kind of like there's nothing special about these people like yeah they just kind of like the algorithm latched onto them and that's wonderful but like sometimes it does feel like well why can't i just blow up on tiktok for being hot you know and sometimes girl me too but like you like in reality that era for now is paused mm-hmm. like that beginning of tiktok is over like you need to provide value to people if you're going to be big so i think that's why people think like oh i shouldn't have to work for anything especially Wait, girls, because sometimes, well, you don't have to work as hard as a black woman, that's for sure. I think that's such a huge point, what you just said about the beginning of TikTok is over. Like, our founders mm. are kind of there. You know, we got the pillars, we got Charlie, we got Addison, we got the boys, whoever, whatever, whatever. And, like, now it's like, okay, it's not the same anymore. I think that's just so true. Like, there's not really, I feel like the last or the most recent person that was kind of like that was Victoria, like kind of like emerging and like making this new genre and like being a huge mm. blow up again. But, you know, it's hard and far in between that that's happening right now, for sure. I agree. It's weird. I do wonder what they're doing with their algorithm. Like, why haven't, like, I think we all thought in March of last year that like, there was going to be another Charlie or another Addison and there just hasn't been yeah. like, they haven't gotten to like that hundred million level, you know? You're so right. Interesting. This has been so fabulous. I think I'm just going to end with asking you my most important question, okay. which is finish this sentence with something that you want young people to know. You're too smart for stupid boys. Period. <laughs> You're too smart for that. Like, don't you're way too smart for that i mean stupid boys that's been the number one thing i've learned like girls really be like losing their worth in dumbasses i mean i was one of them i can't say shit so was i so was i Uh, yeah we got like a two strike deal and then get the fuck out of there like let's yeah live and learn and you're just too smart i think that would be the number one thing is like i think genuinely i thought you know, I am so lucky for a guy to like me. That was my mindset before since, you know, so many men didn't growing up that I was taking anything and everything coming my way because I was like, I don't know when the next band's going to come. They're coming, honey. I promise. 
females have multiple glow ups. Like we're going to just keep evolving and just don't settle ever. Mm -mm. Do not, do not settle for anything, period. Because the men are out there. I'll tell you that much. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you if they want to keep up with you after this? TikTok is Flexi Lexi. Lexi has three X's. And my Instagram is Alexa McCoy. Alexa has three A's. At the end. And follow her on Instagram so she can quit her job. Please. My go-to. <laughs> well, I already quit my job. Follow it so I can continue to stay unemployed. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.